0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spark. I'm your host, Helen Murphy, and I hope you're all well and safe during these very difficult days as we work together to try to stop the spread of COVID-19. This is our first episode since we've all been practicing physical distancing, and we wanted to talk about how people are coming together to help each other during this new reality. In particular, we're impressed and intrigued by the caremongering movement, a different play on fear-mongering or scaremongering, that's been coming to communities across Canada through Facebook groups. It's been facilitating acts of kindness that are really going to be big in helping us get through this together in both rural and urban communities. So this week, we're going to check in with Jenny McDonald to see how a new care-mongering group that she's involved with in Northeastern Nova Scotia is going. And then we'll check in with Kayla Chafe about the group that she's involved with in Winnipeg. So first, let's hop over to Nova Scotia and link in with Jenny and Annie Ganesh. Hello, Jenny, and welcome to Rural Spark. Hi, thank you, Helen. Happy to be here. So I understand that you're joining us today from rural Dorts Cove in Guysborough County, Nova Scotia?
1: I am, yes. It's a, a beautiful, blistery, grey day here today. Yeah. I oh, yeah. am looking out the window and the ocean seems to have disappeared. So,
0: Oh, it's that that's... kind of day.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, things are foggy all around right now. So that's just kind of fitting in a little bit. And, and how are, are you and your loved ones coping during this crisis? Is uh, everyone well and safe?
1: Yeah, we're doing pretty good. We, uh, I'm working from home and my uh, my fiance is a school teacher so he's home right now formally on march break but um we'll see what will come in the coming weeks and he's in a high risk kind of profile here so we're laying quite low most of my family are home and safe i have my uh, some close family who are traveling home from the states who should make it today they're driving which is nice so yeah all, all's relatively well and good as all can good. be and um, yeah.
0: you work, as uh, some of our listeners will be familiar with the Cody Institute at uh, St. Avex in Antigonish, I understand that's where you work. And uh, of course, the, the spread of COVID-19 and all the uh, unprecedented change it's brought is affecting different workplaces in different ways. How's it been affecting uh, the Cody Institute?
1: Um, well, of course, we do a lot of our work internationally. So, you know, Cody is a, an educational institute, primarily. There's also some other, you know, research and field work. but primarily run education programs, both in countries abroad and then here in Canada. And so, of course, with the restricted travel, we're not able to do any of that right now. Um, Fortunately, we're kind of in the season, kind of in our application season. So we're uh, we don't have any participants in right now who are stranded or stuck, or oh, they typically good. would be arriving in the coming weeks. So, but it will put a lot of pressure on kind of scheduling changes for programs and things, depending on when things normalize. I guess. Yeah, um, we're all working from home. Our buildings are shut down, and but we're still working. You know, we're still doing a lot to prepare and you know, for for sunnier days.
0: Yeah. And I think the messaging that's coming from authorities in a, a gentle as possible way is that we're probably into this for months and not weeks. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to and, and I think people are finding solutions. And of course, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today and the caremongering movement. I came across your name when I saw the caremongering Facebook site for uh, Anniganish and Guysborough counties in rural Nova Scotia uh, come along. So it's great that you took the initiative locally to get it started, and I know it's come from other areas. Can you just tell us a little bit about that genesis? Do you know where the, the caremongering movement came from?
1: Well, in my purview, my experience of it, I learned about it through through colleagues, actually, and, and they had read a piece in the BBC online about caremongering in Canada, and of course they had... Uh, kind of phrased it as the most Canadian thing to do for oh, yeah. <laughs> a movement and so we kind of backtracked and went oh well where did you know who's doing this and where did this come from so the first case that I know of was was in Toronto but there's been some that have popped up uh, all over the country including right. um, uh, there was one at, nearby in the Annapolis Valley and that was the one that kind of spoke to us in the sense that it more represented what our community is like Based on population and stuff like that, as opposed to, you know, a large city or urban center. And and we kind of went, well, if if they can make this work, then in a rural area, then maybe we could make this work in a rural area. So, you know, we learned about it because it already existed. And Mm -hmm. uh, we're definitely appreciative for that.
0: And I think it is catching on very fast. I, you know, I think it's, it's people spread the word. I think it's coming up really fast. And maybe we went through that initial phase, you know, of, of panic and people were hoarding and that sort of thing. And maybe things have settled in a little bit now where um, more people are open to, okay, what can I do to actually help others? And thinking that way. And, the care, and of course, we're uh, online connected now in an age of social distancing. So it works really well mm-hmm. that way. So when you launched the page in, in those rural areas, did it, did it take off fairly quickly?
2: Yeah, I
1: th- I think it did. I mean, of course, when you compare the numbers, we're we're dealing with a much smaller population. But we launched the page on Tuesday, and by Wednesday, we had over 800 members. We're now up to close to 1,200, wow. which I think is pretty considerable in you know two days in an area that's as spread out and as small in numbers you know, comparing to those, some of those bigger pages in, say, Toronto have tens of thousands of people, but of course, right. their population is significantly <laughs> a multiplication of what ours is. So, also- yeah, to me, I mean, I I expected that it would be popular, I th- you know, just kind of out of a hunch, but it still spread quicker and larger than I I had anticipated it would.
0: Yeah. And I can see it working both in urban and rural areas. And, and in rural areas, when the numbers are smaller, for some people, it might actually be easier to navigate those posts, right? You don't have 10,000 members, but you know, it's a manageable number of posts that you can kind of scroll through and see what might be relevant to your needs.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think and, that's and what a big kind of needs, Jenny? And from moderating it as well. Oh, right. All right. Because there are
0: some rules, right? Like you don't want, what are some of the rules? You don't want a business promotion on there.
1: So this came out of, you know, colleagues' interest. It's not, it's not a workplace effort, but it happened right. to have kind of been brainstormed in the workplace. But we had a very, very, very quick conversation saying, you know, how can we design this so that it's as free as it can be, you know, that people can really take charge of it. We didn't really want to necessarily have ownership of it. You right. know, once it goes up to the community, it's kind of run by the community. Um, but there needs to be some basic you know, rules around respect and behavior, and and so other than those that you would expect without allowing, you know, disrespectful behavior and stuff like that, uh, really our one rule was, and this came from some that we saw, is, is we wanted to really, really focus it on care, helping people help people, you know, by connecting them, and so we wanted to kind of get away from the politics, the news, kind of the medical side of it, because so much of that is out there. Um, and we also thought it was really important to go to, to official and formal sources for that information. Um, right. because we do live in an age of where misinformation can be spread really easily. And it's really easy to kind of get into some hot topics around that kind of stuff. So we said, you know, that's all out there, we want to provide something that's not out there. So, so our really only our one kind of unique rule to the group is, you know, no medical, political, or, you know, news, like government announcements, and those sort of things. We have some resources posted, if you're looking for those things in our rules and guidelines, and then, you know, the rest is open. So whatever care means to you, to some people, that's, it's about helping people physically acquire, you know, material things that they need. For others, it's about, you know, showing kind of support and compassion on an emotional, Uh, standpoint and uh, kind of everything in between. So we're really letting the group, you know, other than those couple of basic parameters shape what it looks like.
0: Yeah. And I've seen, you know, some really good stuff on that site and, 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 you know, some things that you might not think about right away, of course, people are offering to run errands for each other and to pick, if you're in self-isolation, we can go to the grocery store for you and get something for you. We can go to the drugstore for you. That's all terrific. I've seen people sharing books when they have an extensive library of books and we'll sanitize them and put them in a, a Ziploc bag before we drop them off on your step. You know Some great ideas like that. I did see one post on there, uh, Jenny, that I thought was good was a, a young person. Of course, there's a, a small little very nice cafe on Main Street in Antigonish and I don't know if they're still open, but they were trying at the time to keep their doors open and keep their staff and so uh, they were posting saying, you know, please order from us. You can call and order from us and they have a delivery service there, I guess, that we, you know, get your lunch and, and just to help keep them in right? These are people who aren't making a ton Mm -hmm. of money. And, and of course, so many people in the service industry have lost their jobs. So I thought that was kind of an interesting appeal. And, And some people probably never thought of, you know, we can order from this small business and have our lunch delivered and it will help keep people employed.
1: Yeah, and there's really been a great, I think what's really unique about it, because social media, some of this was happening organically, right? But within your own profile your own social media usage you're really only tied to the people you choose to be tied to and so this is kind of a a centralized place so if people are sharing things like that everybody can see it as opposed to just the people who and it's in one spot so people can say i wonder if this place is open or something and they can kind of come into the centralized spot so it that was one that surprised me a little bit but has been a big kind of popular item as people are saying how do we support our small businesses
0: exactly you know
1: there's a number of people who want to do it they don't know how to do it so sometimes like you said the employees of those businesses are answering they're saying please call us to order your coffee give Mm -hmm. us your credit card on the phone we'll walk it to the door yeah and hand you know and hand it to you and others are you know putting out ideas about you know buying gift cards right because it's it's cash now for service later and and all sorts of ideas Yeah, there's lots of ideas that spark. I think it's in human nature to want to help, but to have the opportunity or to have the information as to how to actually help this group, I think, can help connect people. And then, of course, there's those who who are looking for help who maybe don't have those connections and need those connections. And and watching those connections happen is really rewarding when you see, you know, somebody say, I really need you know this product i can't get out of my house or i shouldn't get out of my house can anybody help and you see four or five people respond and a little bit of back and forth and then at the end of the thread you know you see thank you so much. This meant so much for me. And it meant I didn't have to expose my elderly parents or my, you know, sick child or whoever, because you did this for me. And watching that happen and watching it kind of come to a a solution at the end, potentially with people who didn't even know each other, Mm -hmm. which you wouldn't necessarily get in just your own social media usage on your own pages because you're really only with the people you know, right? So it's, it's watching those kind of people from all corners just step up, which is which is really nice.
0: Yeah, so with those connections getting stronger, you know, our communities could actually emerge at the end of all this as stronger communities, more, more cohesive and, and more committed to uh, community health and well-being.
1: Absolutely, and I think, you know, there's been a, quite a bit said about social distancing and, and should it be called social distancing or is it really physical distancing
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the sense that you know we're so physically separated from each other right now that more than ever we need to not be socially, emotionally, mentally separated from each other. And and even I think the group's existence and being a part of it, whether you're an active part of it or a passive part of it, just kind of taking it all in and watching it happen, it's a socialization that we're not getting right now because we can't get out, you can't walk through a crowd of strangers in the street or say hi to a neighbor in the grocery store. So even just being a part of that kind of social well-being is really important always, but it yeah. seems to be much more obvious right now.
0: Yeah, and it's a reminder every day that we're not alone, right? No one is alone through this.
1: I was going to say absolutely. It's, it, it's a really nice reminder, and I think, you know, we didn't come up with the term caremongering. We borrowed the term As many people are, I think, but to me, it's it's the opposite of you know fear mongering, and it's not to say that fear is always a negative thing. There's lots to be nervous about right now, but it's easy to get to kind of drown in it and for it to be all that you experience. And I think it's a really great reminder as you're watching. Like I said, whether you're an active participant or just watching it happen, a reminder of you know, what is good in the world, that there are good people, that there are people taking care of each other. And I think that's a little bit of light that everybody could use right now. Right. Are there any other examples of neighbors helping neighbors, Jenny, that really stand out for you? I think the ones that usually stand out to me are the ones that are really unique. Like they're just offers that you didn't think of. So they're not always the heaviest, you know, if somebody's in dire need of, you know, a medication or something that may be much, much more Important and, and we're so glad that that's happening. Mm-hmm. But the ones that really stand out are, are just like, wow, I never even thought of that. And you know, one that comes to mind is, is somebody had posted an offering for, you know, while still respecting social distancing and isolation kind of boundaries of, of helping people start growing their own vegetables and learning how to do their own garden and even, you know, supplying some of the things needed to do that if somebody wanted to to kind of self produce some of their own foods or even just to have that hobby to have something that you're giving life to. And I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, you see the material exchanges, but that's really something that's almost intangible um, Mm -hmm. that I thought was a really unique, unique example.
0: Yeah. Some of us might have skills and talents that we don't think of as something we can just share in that kind of way. And as people are sharing other things, yeah, you know, the, the the objects or, you know, more tangible things and food that uh, sometimes we can help someone learn a new skill or, and I've seen local musicians too. I mean, that's separate from mm-hmm. care mongering, but I've seen some local musicians too, um, you know, doing their live concert on Facebook and that sort of thing. And I think, you know, cause we're not having gatherings anymore for sharing music and culture. So, so that's mm-hmm. a nice touch as well.
1: Yeah and and I think it really is part of caremongering. I mean it's it's people give what they have, right? And and sometimes what they have is is financial, sometimes it's like time and energy, like running errands and stuff, but but sometimes it's talent, sometimes it's you know a good conversation, you know to keep spirits up. There's all sorts of ways that people can can give and I think that this time in this context of what's happening in the world is Making us have to be maybe a little bit more thoughtful about how and where we can do that in ways that aren't necessarily physical or materialistic.
0: Right. Well, thanks so much, Jenny. This has been really great talking to you and uh, we're going to check on caremongering in another area of Canada and it's nice to see how different communities are doing it, but a lot of similarities, whether you're rural or urban, I think there's a lot of similarities and it's, it's something that's uh, going to help us all get through it. So uh, thank you so much and uh, we hope that you all stay, stay safe uh,
1: safe and well there where you are. Thank you, you too, and I can't wait to hear um, about some of the other efforts. Okay, thanks very much. Bye-bye.
0: And I just wanted to take a moment here to thank our sponsor, ExploreNet. Rural broadband is getting a lot of attention these days, and ExploreNet has been a champion for rural Canadians for over 15 years. With their nationwide network, no matter where you choose to live, ExploreNet can keep you connected to what matters. If you want to find out more about what ExploreNet services are available in your area, check out their website at ExploreNet.com. That's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot com. And now let's hop over to Winnipeg to see how caremongering is going in that city. Hello, Kayla, and welcome to the World Spark podcast.
2: Hi, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's an interesting place in, in, in the world and the history right now.
0: Yeah, we are, as everyone says, in uncharted territory. So we're really interested in how acts of human kindness are actually helping. And I think Canada is getting a bit of a reputation for that right now particularly around the caremongering movement that's kind of been spreading on social media. So we wanted to talk to a couple of people today. And, and for you, we wanted to see what your experience was in Winnipeg. But before we get into that platform and how it's working in that online community, tell us generally, how are things going with this lockdown in Winnipeg? And, and how are you doing with your family?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think in generally, people are listening, uh, the streets are pretty quiet. But within that said, there's a lot of social media movement with compassion. I'm seeing a big rise in the prairies of people just, you know, after that little bit of, of fear through people, people are realizing, hey, let's up the care and not the fear. So I, I'm seeing I'm seeing that. So I, I'm holding on to that.
0: Oh, wonderful. And can you tell us a little bit about your organization and the work that you do there?
2: Yes, so I work with the South Winnipeg Family Information Resource Centre. So my job is an outreach coordinator and I help facilitate and run a daytime drop-in programs for families and for seniors and for children. Uh, our organization also facilitates our wonderful uh, self-help workshops for families and for children as well uh, inside our drop-in and out in communities and 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 so on. So we are, you know, known for being a resource center uh, at this time and we unfortunately had to close our doors about a week ago uh, just because we do serve a lot of vulnerable people and we had to, you know, make the community safe but we wanted to be a a leader in this present time and with our, our great partnership with United Way here which we were able to work from home my director actually seen, you know, this movement. And so we jumped on board as a resource center. So this just fits kind of what we do.
0: Yeah, I guess in a way, you're, we're, organizations like yours are kind of being forced into evolving to do their good work, but in new, new ways.
2: I work with a wonderful uh, team, of strong women who all are leaders in their own way and want to do good and always do good. That's kind of why we're all there. And so we couldn't certainly sit by and just like not do anything. This also probably keeps us keep going in our mental health as well. So, you know, we wanted to just uh, what could we do now and rise up, like we said, raise the care and not the fear.
0: Right. And so for the particular model of caremongering for that movement that's happening now in communities across Canada, there might be some listeners who aren't really familiar or have heard a little bit about what it is. So can you kind of take us back to square one of what exactly it is?
2: For sure. Well, it was just quickly brought to my attention by my director, Trish, just this past weekend when we were trying to uh, figure out what we could do to uh, help our community. She's seen a post uh, from her cousin actually in Toronto who had started this great, uh, again, care mongering instead of the fear mongering. Right. And she brought it to my attention. Uh, one of my skills is just on social media and as outreach so I just said, yes, you know what, I can, I can do this. And I just sat on the office on Monday when we debriefed and just started this group on Monday. And I just looked at now we've got 444 members since Monday. It's a group for sharing and organizing community resources kind of in response, of course, to, directly to the COVID-19. So the goal is the group to organize like the local community on the grassroots level to ensure like, you know, everybody in the community, all the vulnerable members have access to food, housing, health care, and, you know, all their necessities. We're also making sure that people are lowing if they're like, like re- redistributing resources prevent from stockpiling you know just successing basically it's pretty much kind of like all types of resources. the organizing thing about the care mongering which kind of what we're following the model is that there's some rules and guidelines which are like topics so mm-hmm. that way it makes it easy for people right because people a lot of people are just like overwhelmed right now and and maybe fearful or panicking so we wanted to make this a, a, a nice easy tool a positive tool so you use it following topics or categorize like if you're in search of. So there's hashtags if you're in search of, if you're offering information about shops, discussion, news articles, and the resources and, and things like that. And so our group is keeping uh, monitoring on this to kind of keep it organized and also sharing just good things and positivity, which is wonderful. I mean, I, I get to sit here and look and connect with people who are wanting to share and doing beautiful, positive things to help uh, the earth and humanity and people. So it's, it's, it's really uplifting.
0: Wonderful. And you you said that you have over 400 members of the group so far. It's being used frequently, like you see almost every hour something is being posted. And and are there some examples of how people are reaching out to each other that really have inspired you?
2: For sure. I think like every few minutes, every 10, 15 minutes, people are asking to join the group. And what I'm seeing a lot of now are making sure that a lot of grassroots nonprofit community organizations that are helping vulnerable people that are sharing the resources like food and toilet paper or you know where to get information. I'm, I'm really showing that a shine right now. I'm seeing local bakeries doing bread deliveries to single parents and people might not have as many resources. So that is really uh, stepping up in our community right now. So it's, it's, it's really heartwarming.
0: Wonderful. I know it's, it's nice to see people kind of breaking out of their silos too. Like I know in our home community in Nova Scotia, which is very rural, the local food bank, of course, had to close its doors to, to the public and they're so small and they have so many small number of volunteers and it's such a big spread out rural area that delivery would be really tough. And the municipality stepped in and said, you know, we're going to have staff deliver these boxes to people and leave them on their doorstep. Well, that's not a traditional role for a municipality to do, but those old models are kind of being thrown out and people are doing what has to be done. And, and like you say, it's very uplifting.
2: Yes, no, it it certainly is.
0: Um, we are still in the early days, Kayla, as it seems, unfortunately, but based on your work and what you've seen happening with Caremongering in Winnipeg and, and other areas, what do you think we all need to be mindful of as we kind of try to navigate and, and get through this unprecedented challenge together?
2: You know, I think we just really need to stay informed with the truth and with facts there there might be a lot of things shut down and canceled but like you can still get outside in the fresh air you can still find joy being prepared and your mental health right now is going to be key to kind of get through through this is with our friends and family obviously the key things like you're know, washing your hands don't touch your face all those things keeping mm-hmm. keeping the self-isolation and distancing seriously i think that's all important things but also be mindful like we are very lucky that we're at an age of technology where we can video chat each other we can go online and share a lot of resources and hope and out and, and again outside is not cancelled so you know keep your distance but Get outside, it's about to be garden season, plant your seeds. Like, there's a lot to uh, even in unknown to, to be uh, grateful and thankful for.
0: Right, we are. You know, if there's some small fortunate things, we're fortunate that we're at the beginning of spring now. The season's better. I think it might have been even more depressing if this was November and we're yes <laughs> going into the winter in, in places like so. Nova Scotia and Manitoba. Yes,
2: um,
0: so. but thank you so much for this, Kayla. It's been it's been great to learn about how it's happening in Winnipeg, and uh, we'll we'll check in on your site from time to time and see some of the good stories coming out from that because we'll want to be sharing some uh, some nice stories as we go through with the podcast over the coming weeks and months
2: absolutely please share and you know sharing is the caring that's the, that's the great part about this and just remember like we're all in this together so uh share the care
0: <laughs> exactly will you take care and be safe
2: okay bye-bye bye-bye
0: and thanks to all of you for joining us this week the rural spark team includes content producer Catherine murphy and technical producer tara seabarth music by jason shaw we wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural canada